This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Got a great show for you today. Heavy, heavy on recruiting. If you're one of our lovely listeners that likes to partake and ask questions via one of the YouTube, the Twitter, or the Facebook, please get them in now. Heavy, heavy on recruiting. Bill Curlick will be here. Hoping that Mark Porter will be here. We had some technical difficulties. We'll see if we can work those out. But first, a word from our sponsor. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other. With their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, we're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High tech for low places, Manscaped. And if you're taking it on the go, Manscaped has you covered. This puppy comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and on. Accidental powering and or weird looks at the airport. I apologize. This right here is on the cutting edge of cutting it up. Upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will follow. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. I can promise you, you've never seen a ball trimmer like a spaceship. Get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. All right, here we go. I'm going to give this a technical run here. William Curlick and Mark Porter temporarily... We'll bring him back when his technical difficulties are solved. Bill, how goes it? Going well this morning. Got a beautiful, sunny morning. Not too cold here in Central Ohio. And a lot to talk about. It is the last of the sunny days that aren't brutally cold and windy. And the reason that there's only about, what, a couple hundred thousand in the Dayton metro area. And Mr. Bucknuts always says if the weather, weather was like this year-round, we would have 800,000 people, and we do not. We did have over 100,000 people at the shoe, and over under 50 of them were recruits uh, or potential recruits or commitments or one of the many to attend Ohio State's beatdown of Michigan State. Kind of the first time all year they took care of business early. I think it was 35-3 at the half, 38-3 to end it. We ran a photo gallery yesterday, Bill, of a litany of recruits. It was, 
We've always talked about how a night game is so good for attendance. Um, let's go over maybe three or four guys that you really are focused on from the weekend that you think something could be happening with them in the near future. And then maybe we'll go over the rest of the list after that. Okay. But before we get to that, I got to hearing you say over 100,000 fans in the stadium reminded me of something a high profile recruit told me after his visit to Ohio state this weekend uh, quarterback Will Griffin from Florida, Tampa Jesuit, one of the top 2026 quarterbacks in the country. And that's what Ohio State is recruiting now because they've got their 2024 and 2025 quarterback commitments. But Will Griffin, a- after the visit, he told me how impressed he was with the exact number of fans in Ohio Stadium. And I don't even know exactly, 105,000 and some odd people. He knew the exact number of fans in Ohio Stadium on Saturday night. Always a good sign when a recruit uh, can recite that number to you. It doesn't happen often, but had to kind of think back to that a little bit. But as far as uh, a few guys to focus on, as far as something happening, in the not too distant future, I, you know, I, you got to start with the four 2024 guys of particular note that were at Ohio State. Two unofficial visits: wide receiver Chance Robinson, who is a Miami commitment, and offensive lineman Gabe Van Sickle, who is a Northwestern commitment. And uh, something is going to happen with them sooner rather than later. I feel confident in saying Chance Robinson. Uh, he's down to Ohio State. Uh, staying with his Miami commitment or Ole Miss, and he is going to decide either later this week or early next week on a final decision between the three. Um, The visit went extremely well. In fact, his father called it an amazing visit. Um, So this is someone that Ohio State has a realistic shot at flipping from Miami. So that's one of them, and like I said, that's going to happen either later this week towards the end of the week, weekend, uh, or early next week. Gabe Van Sickle, um, that one is either staying with Northwestern or flipping to Ohio State. And uh, in his case, you know, you say, well, Northwestern is a school that um, Ohio State should always beat in recruiting. Well, in, in his case, you have to look at the fact that Northwestern wanted him very early and took a commitment from him very early in May. And Northwestern really has a pretty good track record, their offensive line coach, of getting guys to the NFL. And he has a great relationship uh, with that offensive line coach. So it's it's not necessarily an easy flip, but it is one that I wouldn't be shocked, certainly, if it happened. Then you've got Amaris Williams, the defensive end from uh, North Carolina who remains committed to Florida. But interestingly enough, he's not going to make an official visit this weekend to Tennessee. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I was told last night that it still could possibly happen in December, but it's not going to happen uh, this weekend. Um, I still think that uh, Ohio State's got a realistic shot there. So we'll see what happens. He's not really tipping his hand at all as to what he's going to do. And the other interesting one was a guy that I'd been talking about for some time, Nicholas Rodriguez. He's a linebacker from Fort Lauderdale Aquinas High School. He's a teammate at Jordan Lyle. Um, He's also a teammate at Chance Robinson. And he's committed to Missouri. He was on an unofficial visit back to Ohio State, as was Amaris Williams. 
And Ohio State is that one's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Um, people haven't uh, talked maybe enough or given Ohio State enough credit for someone that they are interested in adding to this class. Uh, they want another linebacker in this class, and Nicholas Rodriguez could be the guy. So those are the four guys that something could happen uh, sooner rather than later. In fact, probably will happen sooner rather than later that uh, to be aware of. Now, of course, there's some great 2025 guys in Ohio Stadium that we can talk about here, and I'm sure we will. Some great 2026 guys, but um, I don't see anything happening with the underclassmen, uh, say, in the next week or so. Yeah, there were also a number of Ohioans um, at the event. In fact, when I was going through the pictures, and Bill will tell you this, there was like five or six Ohioans on there who don't even have a 24-7 sports profile created for them yet, which usually means, um, and we've talked about this, how Ohio State likes to have as many quality Ohio football players at the shoe for a game like that, even guys who may not be on their recruiting radar. Um, if they're a senior and they're a stud, they tend to get a visit to come down there. Mark, a couple of the guys that were there that were interesting whose seasons have, have completed, I believe, um, from Ohio. One of them is Trey McNutt. I'm not sure we've talked about him enough. Um, your thoughts on him? I think people kind of just assume he's going to be a Buckeye because of his last name, and maybe they haven't paid enough attention to him. This is a high-quality defensive back who fits in the group that they're going after, and we've talked about that. So, And he was here this weekend. Your thoughts? Yeah, what would you like about him is if they play that three safety look, he could roll up and be a corner in the slot and match up with your best receiver in the slot, or he can come down and play the run game because he's a physical run defender. Uh, I like him at safety. I know he's played a little bit of corner. Uh, he's actually lights out on offense. You know, a sophomore year, they tried to get him the ball a lot. Uh, it was really, to me, I didn't know which side of the ball he would be on, but it seems like defense is going to be his home. But you're right. Everyone assumes he's an automatic Buckeye. I've heard unsolicited chatter that he may be headed other places or he's, you know, looking around. But you would think he's got the legacy at uh, the, the Ohio State. Bill, your thoughts on him as a prospect? I know you're high, but he does sound like a guy that uh, would be right in the crosshairs for your other Midwest powers. Yeah, he is. And I talked to Trey um, right after his visit this past weekend. Um and I, I, I've talked to his dad, actually, too, Richard McNutt, who I saw when I was at Trey's game earlier this season. Um, Richard is a, an assistant coach on the Tennessee State staff, so he doesn't get to see his son play. That was a weekend that he was off, but they had a bye week, so he was at his son's game. But um, one of the things, a very positive thing I thought came out of this past weekend is that, uh, as Mark mentioned, Trey McNutt is a – guy that can play safety or corner, and he can roll up and play as the slot cornerback. Um, Ohio State is recruiting him as a safety predominantly. And like Mark said, he's really good on offense. The night I saw him, he was outstanding on both sides of the ball. But Ohio State is recruiting him as a safety. And Fahim Delane, who is the country's number two safety, uh, was at Ohio State this weekend as well. And Fahim told me after being at Ohio State again, he said that uh, he is coming out with a top three soon. Ohio State fans don't need to worry. He's already told me that Ohio State is for sure one of his top two schools. Very positive uh, vibe there 
that uh, he he really likes Ohio State a lot. I think Ohio State, uh, if I had to pick right now, I would probably go with Ohio State for Fahim Delane. And as I mentioned, they're going to be in his top two. If they can come out of this class with two safeties in Fahim Delane and Trey McNutt, and then we talked about the D, the cornerbacks that they could come out of this uh, 2025 class with, that could be an epic haul in the secondary in the 2025 class for Ohio State. They are positioned to get that done. So that was another big thing that came out of this weekend uh, to me. Just for ha-ha, for ha-ha's, Bill, let's talk about that real quick. So Blake would be Devin Sanchez, Dorian Brew. Who am I missing? Mark Zachary from Mark Indiana. Zachary from Indianapolis. Okay. And there's a Man. couple others, but the, you got the big four there, Dan. That would be That would be absolutely tremendous. We have a ton of questions in here, so let's just start banging them out. And the number one question across the board, and as I said when we first started talking about him, he fit all the characteristics to be a winner on the BM5. He was from Florida. He played wide receiver. He committed early. He was still taking visits. And then they moved into number one overall. And, of course, I'm talking about the great Jeremiah Smith. We had Brian, and I've said this before too, we had Brian Hartline on this very show, Dave and I did, before the season. And he said out loud, if I'm here, Jeremiah will be here. So once the uh, here came out of his mouth, I stopped worrying about it. Uh, I might be the only one who's not worried about it because we got a ton of questions. Um, Jeremiah enjoys the recruiting process. Hint, hint, he's from Florida. (laughs) <laughs> um, I hope people understand that you're allowed to pay people to take visits um, with no obligation. So ask yourself this question. If you were committed to, let's say, Harvard for all you brainiacs and Yale said, hey, we'll give you five grand to come to a football game. Guess where you'd be? New Haven, Connecticut. Um, William, can you please provide the latest on Jeremiah Smith and your vision of his crystal ball and your thoughts how this is all going to end up? And I only think I've asked you this question over under 37 times. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow up on your uh, talk about Brian Hartline. I think Brian Hartline's going to be at Ohio State next year. <laughs> I, I uh, uh, feel very, very good about saying that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, he's taking visits and he uh, is going to uh, consider those schools. Florida State is the main school you now hear. Uh, the chatter about as far as unseating Ohio State. But again, um, I go with uh, back with what you mentioned that I feel like as long as Ryan Day and Brian Hartland are at Ohio State, I feel good about Ohio State's chances of having Jeremiah McClellan sign on the dotted line when that time comes. Okay, I'm going to show this. I don't know who Mellow 7 is, but this show has gotten popular enough that during the show we get Michigan fans and we, this guy sounds like a Florida state fan. JJ Smith flat out said FSU is his leader right now and that they're getting his last official visit a week before signing day. And he feels going to be a first round draft pick if he went to FSU. Well, that's good because I mean, there's no way for him to be a first round draft pick if he plays wide receiver at Ohio state. because <laughs> That never happens. <laughs> All right. Um, Here's a good one. What offensive lineman are we looking at? How is Bo Jackson doing this season? And is he still high in Ohio State? 
Bill, I'll give you the front end. Mark, you can take the back end of this. Well, I, I've never been on the uh, train that Jordan Seaton is going to end up at Ohio State, and I'm still not on that train. Again, he did not visit Ohio State this past weekend for anybody that was wondering about that. we I talked about that last week before the visit was supposed to happen, that uh, uh, that visit wasn't going to happen. It did not. Um, I'm not sure he ever gets back to Ohio State's campus, even though he has talked about getting back to Ohio State's campus. And there is no chance he ends up at Ohio State unless he gets back to campus. And that hasn't happened. So really the guy that uh, for right now we're focused on is Gabe Van Sickle. And we're waiting word from him. Um, He is not a tackle. He is an interior offensive lineman. He plays tackle for Coopersville High School in Michigan, but he is being recruited as an interior offensive lineman. If he were to flip from Northwestern to Ohio State, that would give Ohio State two tackles in the class, Deontay Armstrong and Ian Moore, and they would have then two guards in the class, Devontae Armstrong and then uh, Gabe Van Sickle. So that's the guy right now that uh, we are focused on as far as um, um, uh, the guy from uh, Ohio. He's, oh, oh, Bo Jackson. Okay, that's who the questioner asked about. Not a memorable name, Bill. Don't worry. Yeah, Bo, <laughs> Bo Jackson. Um, and Mark will talk about this, that uh, uh, some people feel like he is a better player um, on defense than he is on offense. And we talked about safety recruiting. Could he be a safety in Ohio State's 2025 class? He could. He does prefer offense and he is being recruited as a running back for Ohio State. And to answer the question, yeah, he still likes Ohio State a lot, but I'll let Mark continue from there. Mark? Yeah, Bill opened up the subject where when you watch Bo Jackson play and you watch him on offense, you notice that he rotates with another running back because he's full-time defense. He never comes off the field there. Uh, He has a style that complements. They have like a thunder lightning thing going there where they have a real quick guy. Uh, Jackson's style is downhill. It's north-south. It's get the ball and get the top speed. Where he struggles on offense is if he has to go east and west and he stops his feet, but that's where most people or That's where most big backs. If you if you watch Derrick Henry, you want him running east and west. You don't want him running north and south, Eddie George, guys like that. And I think that's kind of what Bo Jackson looks like on offense. He's a guy that when he gets downhill, get out of his way. Uh, has plenty of top-end speed. Uh, almost reminds me a little bit of DeMonte Tranium coming out of high school where, you know, he was a great linebacker. Everyone thought he was a big-time linebacker, but he wanted to play running back, and he's doing a great job at running back. So along those lines, uh, I talked to some high school coaches that have played him, and they say on defense he is sideline to sideline. His speed really shows up on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, stay tuned for that. But I think it's his preference. He's that type of an athlete where – what he wants to do is what they're going to let him do. And as far as offensive linemen in Ohio, uh, Carter Carter Lowe is the number one guy, but it looks like Michigan may have their claws in him a little more than I may have let on in the past. I I thought people up there said he was a lock for Ohio state, but yeah, I I read a little message board fodder. Uh, Jaden Clark from Northmont is another big time lineman. He was injured the night I went to see him and Dorian brew was leaving for Texas that night. So the trip to Northmont wasn't as productive as I would have liked. Uh, checked out Jameel Adkins from Trotwood, Madison, the six, seven guy. He's a basketball tight end guy. I don't know if he's ready for Ohio state yet. He might not have the strength, 
Tucker Caddis from St. Xavier is a guy I just saw a few weeks ago. And circle that name. He was absolutely punishing people uh, when I watched him play. So I think he's going to be a fast riser. Jake Cook is the kid from Westerville uh, North that we, you know, freshman year. He was one of the starters in Ohio, really big. Saw him a few weeks ago. He's progressing nicely. I'm not sure where he falls with Ohio State, but I'm sure. I've seen him with many games down there and pitchers on the sidelines. Tristan Kyle is a sleeper from Richmond Heights, a 6'7 offensive lineman that I get a lot of questions about, but he's a little bit raw right now, but he's got the, the rare tools. Um, there's some there's some other guys to kind of look at. Kenneth Katulik is the guy from Winford. Uh, remember him as a freshman, Bill, or an eighth grader at the Ohio State camp. He was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, as an eighth grader. Uh, cool, cool from Centerville. Very athletic, but I'm not sure he's Ohio State, so I'm going – Deep down the name, Raphael Green Narco from Winton Woods was a 380-pound guy. I think he's down to 320 now, and and he's picking up more offers or bigger offers. Um, But I don't think it's – as I'm looking at these names, it's not like last year where you're going to have five, six, seven guys at Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, This class is going to be definitely a little bit thinner in Ohio. Also, uh, Mark's hitting on the offense – or the out-of-state 2025 guys, so – I got to mention one that was in Ohio State's stadium on Saturday night, Micah DeBose from Alabama. He is a Georgia commitment, and I can tell you that Georgia has some apprehension that he's not going to end up at Georgia, even though he's committed there. Um, He is from Ohio. He was born and raised in the Cleveland area, moved, I think, at at the age of eight, but he's likes Ohio State a lot, and he has the Ohio background. Um, He also now is from Alabama. Alabama and Auburn are recruiting him hard. Uh, That's the four schools right now, and I think he could legitimately end up at any of those four schools, stay with Georgia, flip to Ohio State, flip to Alabama, or maybe flip to Auburn. It's going to be a battle for him, but he came away from Ohio State on Saturday night, it was his second visit in less than uh, six months to Ohio State, and he's impressed. I, I, uh, he's a guy to keep in mind for Ohio State. He's a five-star offensive tackle, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, recruits don't wear their pads for the visit, but that guy passes the eye test. If you go look at the photo gallery, I think he's the biggest guy that visited. He might have been the biggest guy in the shoe. He's a monster. Okay. I mean, there are some guys you see in person um, and you just know that they've got a they've got a great future in front of them. And you can tell by his suitors. Let me tell you about another one of our sponsors. And that is Factor Meals. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch and dinner with chef prepared. Dietitian approved ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday tackling, excuse me, all your holiday to-dos. And I've said this before, we're fortunate to have them send us some product and I am a food snob, especially with chicken. I don't think you can microwave chicken. These people have cracked the code. I don't know how they did it, but it is absolutely delicious. There's actually a ton of stuff on there. My kids even like it. So you can enjoy also extra convenience anytime of day with a assortment of 45 plus add-ons to suit your various preferences and tastes. They got breakfast, they got lunch, they got dinner. 
And with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for our product sites and offices. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 and use code bucknuts50 to get 50% off. That's code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. And just before I left, we had a celebrity join in here with a comment. And that is the wonderful Deetra Sanchez, mother of Devin. This recruiting thing is stressful for the adults. Can you imagine what these kids go through? Can you imagine what Bill and Mark go through? Good Lord, these guys chasing them around. Um, But she is 100% correct on this. And I will say just from a personal digression, way, way, way lower level. But because I knew a little something about recruiting, my son was going to be a college athlete. He applied to one school. We knew they were going to take him. He had already figured out they were going to give him playing time. And he committed before the process got rolling. Um, A lot of people have said to me, oh, you took him out of contention. He's not transferred. He's happy. Um, It is very, very difficult. And I will just say this for myself. My wife hated even the beginning of the recruiting process. Um, It is very stressful to have people talk about your child like that as good as they are. Um, and Dietra Sanchez, Mrs. Sanchez knows, um, excuse me, it, it gets very stressful. Now, let's hope the Sanchez's follow suit like we did and um, get their son out of it early. But Bill, kind of reemphasize your crystal ball for the guy we think is the number one corner in the country. Well, as... Dietra talked about being stressful. Um, when you're a five-star cornerback, which is one of the two or three most important positions, when in my mind, when you go to recruit guys, you got quarterback, you got cornerback, and you got offensive tackle. Uh, those are the positions in a pass rusher. And when you're a five-star at one of those positions, like Devin is, and when you're the number one cornerback in the country, you just added an entire another level of stress to that because you've got every school in the country going after you. And you've got so many more factors these days. Back when I started doing this, there was like six or seven of us guys doing this in the business in those days. Now, if you have an iPhone, you can be a recruiting guy. Um, <laughs> Not and, an Android, Mark. Yeah. And, and these guys, these kids are getting calls, texts, everything from every recruiting person in the country, every college coach in the country. If you're at that level, it is, as Dietra said, extremely time consuming, stressful, a lot of other adjectives uh, to go through. But in the case of Devin, you know, I, I do have my crystal ball pick on him. He is going to announce early January at the All-American Bowl. And I still go with Ohio State as the choice. But again, uh, there, there's time. I mean, that's my feeling right now. But I still like the Buckeyes. I'll just read this final comment here. It seems like they've cracked the code, too. No, Devin isn't stressed. He's so easygoing and knows what he wants. And we take the phone. Good Lord, I wish someone would take my phone. You ever forgotten your phone for like three hours and realized, man, I feel so much better now. What happened? Um, okay. I digress. 
A lot of talk about Aaron Nolan on here, Bill. There's a lot of talk. Look, I get that every that Kyle McCord isn't C.J. Stroud. I get that. And C.J. isn't doing Kyle any favors by rewriting the record books as like Dan Marino on steroids as a pro. I get that strength by comparison can be a challenge. But he started to play really well. However, there's a lot of talk about uh, Lincoln Keenholz, who looked really nice over the weekend, and then I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on this. I watched Aaron Nolan. I was impressed, but remember, McCord is a five-star. Is that how they develop after they get here? There's a lot of talk about Aaron Nolan being able to come in and start right away or play right away. Mark, do you think that's even a realistic request? I mean, as a freshman at Ohio State to come in? I mean, C.J. Stroud didn't do that. Uh, I mean, uh, Justin did, but he was a transfer. Your thoughts on just that concept? Yeah, at, at this position, which is the hardest position in sports, a lot of people like to call it, there are so many different aspects to it. And, you know, it's hard to know what's between his ears, but that's the aspect that's going to take the longest to get is the playbook, calling the plays. Uh, you know, my, my kid's watching that QB1 thing or whatever, and Kirk Cousins is driving to games, listening to his plays, recited back to him because the play calls are so long. And, and there's a lot of that that goes in that when you come into freshman – learning formations, there's hundreds, learning plays, there's more than you're used to, you know, directing everybody before you even get to the physical skills, which are so gaudy right now that you want to see them in that uniform, the speed of the game. Um, at that position, yeah, there's very few guys that can just walk in and take the reins like that. And I always say this about a place at Ohio State, do you really want a freshman to do that? Don't you have guys you've been training for a couple of years that are grown men that, you know, you have a little confidence in? And, and I understand that there are Michael Jordan-esque talents that show up and, yeah, okay, put them in, okay? But, you know, and, and those type of players come from Ohio State. But, boy, I don't know if you really want a guy to do that or if it's, you know, expected of a guy or you need a guy that bad. Um, I don't know any freshmen that come in without growing pains and, do you really want, like, even this year, the first couple of games, you're kind of rotating quarterbacks, there's growing pains. That's going to happen again, and that's not a fun period to go through. But he is that talented. You can ask that question. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, against it. Bill, your thoughts? Well, um, I'm going to go way, way back. Um, I believe I was about a senior in college at this time, but uh, I happened to be in Pennsylvania uh, on a Saturday, and um, Ohio State was opening beginning of the season. They were playing Penn State. They did it with a true freshman quarterback, Art Schleister. Oh, yeah. It was a disaster, <laughs> and I'm amongst all these Penn State fans. And uh, it was not pretty. He did not do well. Ohio State did not do well. Penn State won easily. And uh, it's just a uh, such a difficult thing for a true freshman at that level. As good as you know, Schleister was as good as it got in high school. I mean, he he was tremendous. And he couldn't even pull it off. It's just not something that happens very often. Does it happen on occasion? Yeah. But in the case of Ohio State, they've got guys waiting that are good. Um, you know, Lincoln Keenholz is a good quarterback. Uh, Kyle McCord seems to be coming into his own. Uh, then you've got Aaron Nolan coming in, and then you've got Tavian St. Clair coming in. But sometimes you just got to wait your turn a little bit. 
And sometimes uh, when that happens, you figure out that might have been the best thing. Yeah, Drew it's Aller, be Go ahead. You know, like Drew Aller is a case in point, kind of. Yeah, we're well, we all love them coming out of high school. The arm talent's there. He can throw it through a you know battleship, but there's a lot of other stuff going on out there that make him look like, hey, it's it's going to be another year or two, kid. You know, and he may he may very well be fine a couple years from now. May look like Kerry Collins or something. Who knows? But right now, as a freshman, yeah, things are moving quick. You know, he has, unfortunately for him, or fortunately down the road for him, but he has a baby face, Aller does. When he wears his emotions on his face about as much as any other player I've seen, when he fumbled that ball um, against Michigan, I was not only upset at him, I felt bad for him as he was coming off the field. His eyes, and uh, I have a little bit of Ohio vibe for anybody like that. I felt bad for him. I mostly felt bad for me when he fumbled, but I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely a little bit stressful. All right, let's see if we can hopefully you're not wagering on these games, Dan Mark, that would be <laughs> illegal. Uh, this is my profession. You know, that the only thing I know that can bring out that kind of emotion, Mark professionalism <laughs> comes first and everything I do. And you know that, uh, what do you guys think about this? This is a, I think this is a foregone conclusion, but Kyle's a junior. He'll be back for it next year. So keep in mind, you're talking about, a freshman coming in theoretically and being out a guy who's in his second year as a starter and has been here since, you know, 2003. Come on, man. That's, that's not a realistic request. You're putting too much pressure on Aaron Nolan if you do that. Now, if it happens, then you're probably seeing, you know, a revelation of a player and that's it, possible, it, I guess. Go ahead. You know, in a place I, I would like, be uh, shocked, absolutely shocked if Kyle McCord is not at Ohio state next year. Me too. Me too. Now, Kyle McCord is set up to steal the national spotlight here, and people work with me for a sec here. The narrative you were going to hear starting in about six days, more, one of them you're going to hear is Ryan Day chose Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. Um, that was a very popular story during recruiting, and it's going to get the litmus test in front of everybody so uh, that is going to be fascinating, and that's going to be a narrative that is definitely going to come through. All right, there's been a couple more questions here, and we will – I was going to say this. Does your perspective change if it were a freshman receiver? I'll say this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Difficult to do at Ohio State, obviously, because of the talent level, but the way the depth chart has worked out, I would not be surprised to see Jeremiah Smith, if he gets here, get some snaps next year as a true freshman. That would not shock me. Um, I think he could get it done. That's There's so many different ways to get receivers on the field. There's four wide receiver sets. Uh, there's rotations. And, you know, with guys like that, and you see with the younger guys on the roster now, they put them in for a play and take them as the main read, you know, and say, okay, here's your – all week we're working on these two or three things. When you get in the game, do this trick. And that they do the trick. So – and then – you build from there and the quicker right. you build, you know, so yeah, that's a realistic thing for freshmen. I'm a quarterback. There's only one right. and you're taking reps animal. away from someone else. Yeah. All right. Carl Sagasser asks, does Ethan Grunkmeyer of Olin Tangy. Well, just a regular Olin Tangy. Yeah. Does he Lewis stay Center. with Penn state given the Drew Aller situation? Well, they, they all have the same quarterback guru that's helping them work. They're all tied into Yurchich, you know, so 
there might yeah there might be a little bit of a you know direct chain right there where that chain could be broken um I, you know i don't i haven't we haven't been following that situation because there's no need to until right. you see a coach get fired and okay is and even ryan montgomery was at that game this weekend and looking cozy like a penn state guy and that would have been the third guy from the same quarterback guru to go to penn state and follow that chain so there is I know I, I can almost see why that question's coming up because there's sense. been a, you know, Brad Melander has been a great guy for Penn State and really done a good job of feeding them Ohio quarterbacks. I have to assume Melander and Yersis are tight. And, and that's what I'm saying. Tight. And I think that's what the question's more. Yeah. If they know what I know, that, yeah, there may be a, a relationship there that was really comfortable and had a lot of confidence in the quarterbacks that were coming. Not that, you know, they're all big-time quarterbacks, but he was – making that path very slippery to Penn State, making it easy. And let's keep in mind that Ohio State did go back and offer Drew Aller and make a run at him late. But the relationship with Yersich, a, a Euclid, uh, Ohio State rep, that was the thing touted as the reason he didn't flip. Um, wasn't necessarily the Penn State hook as much. I'm sure that helped. But it was the Yersich relationship. And then, you know, that fizzled. So we shall see. All right. We could go on here forever. We shan't. Um, really appreciate these guys stopping by. Let me get that off the screen here. We will have a complete rundown on Thursday of what we can expect for the Minnesota game. We'll have a little look at the recruits possibly coming. And then if you're on Bucknuts today, keep it locked in because I'm about to post one of Mark's deep dives. And this one is on the Armstrong brothers. And you can see how they've progressed through their uh, senior year and uh, what you might be getting here at Ohio State. Very interesting piece coming up, Buckeye in the Sky. Appreciate you all stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters.